0: grade two. Yesterday, we heard chapter 10 of the King of Ireland's Son. There are so many stories that happen within just this one story. We've been hearing all about the King of the Cats and the journey that he has been going on. And in our last chapter, in chapter 10, the King of the Cats got into a fight. Holy mackerel, With the eagle emperor. And their fight got so intense that other people who were watching started engaging in fighting themselves. And it wasn't until... Who was it, boys and girls, that broke up the fight? The king of the fairies, right? And he broke up that fight by turning the cat and the eagle into stone. And then that story ended. And we move back to the story of the King of Ireland's son, who was last at his father's castle. And at his father's castle were the queen and his two stepbrothers, Dermot and Downal. Now, it seemed as though Dermot and Downal had been slowly taking possession of the King of Ireland's things while he was away i don't think that made the king of ireland feel very good and then something strange happened as well remember the king of ireland's son was trying to put a bell on his swift red steed and as he was doing that the bell fell down a crack in the floor and when the king of ireland's son bent down to hear or to to get the bell he heard some talking and he heard fidelma's sisters Aepha and Gilveen, talking with the stepbrother's mother, the queen. And it seems to me, boys and girls, that the stepmother wants one of her sons to be the new king, and not the king of Ireland's son. So here we start with chapter 11, and we will see who is able to reach the Goban soar first to retrieve the Sword of Light. For whoever retrieves the Sword of Light will come to rule over his father's dominion. The Sword of Light and the Unique Tale with as much of the adventures of Gilly of the Goatskin as is given in the Craneskin book. Chapter 11 He came to the house that was thatched with the one great wing of a bird, and as before, the little sage of the mountain asked him to do a day's work. The king's son reaped the corn for the little sage, and as he was reaping it, his two foster brothers, Dermot and Downal, rode by on their fine horses. They did not know who the young fellow was who was reaping in the field, and they shouted for the little sage of the mountain to come out of the house and speak to them. "'We want to know where to find the Goban Soar. Who is to give us the Sword of Light?' demanded Dermot. "'Oh, come in,' said the sage, "'and help me with my day's work, and I'll search in my book for some direction.'" said Downal. We can't do such unprincely things as take service with you. Tell us now where we must go to find the Gobomb Soar. Hm, said the little sage. I think you have made a mistake. I am an ignorant man, and I can't answer such a question without study. Right on then, dear brother, said Downal. He can tell us nothing. So, Shermont and Downal rode off on their fine horses, the silver bells on their bridles ringing. That night, when he had eaten his supper, the little sage told the king's son where to go. It is forbidden to tell where the king of Ireland's son found the builder and shaper for the gods. In a certain place he came to where the go-bon had set up his forge and planted his anvil and he saw the Goban Seor beating on a shape of iron. It is there you want to find the sword of light. So off the king's son traveled, and when he arrived, the Goban, his eyes as straight as the line of a sword blade, said to him, Ah, I assume you want to find the sword of light. But first, you must show me your will, your mind, and your purpose. How do I do that? said the king of Ireland's son. You will have to guard my anvil for a few nights, said Gobansior. A fua comes out of the river sometimes and tries to carry it off. The Gobansior had to make a journey to look at trees that were growing in the forest, and the king's son guarded his anvil. And at night, a fua came out of the river and flung great stones, striving to drive him away from the anvil. He ran down to the river bank to drive it away, but the creature caught him in its long arms and tried to drown him in the deep water. The Kings of Ireland's son was near his death, but he broke away from the fua, And when the creature caught him again, he dragged it up the bank and held it against a tree. I will give you the mastery of all arts because you have mastered me, said the Fua. I do not want the mastery of all arts, but maybe you can tell me where to find the sword of light. You want to know that, do you? Said the Fua, And then it twisted from him and went back to the river. The fua came the next night and flung stones as before, and the king's son wrestled with it in the very same middle of the river and held him so that he could not get to the other end of the bank. I will give you heaps of wealth because you have mastered me, said the creature with the big eyes and the long arms. No, thank you. I am not looking for wealth, but instead the knowledge of where you come on the Sword of Light. That is what I want from you said the king of Ireland's son. But yet again, the fua twisted from him and ran away. The next night, the fua came again, and the king's son wrestled with him in the middle of the river and followed him up the other bank and held him against a tree. I will give you the craft that will make you the greatest of kings because you have mastered me. No, thank you. "'It is not craft but knowledge of where the sword of light is I want from you,' said the king's son. "'Only one of the people of light can tell you that,' said the Fua. "'It became a small, empty sort of creature, and it laid on the ground like a shadow.'" "'The Goban Seor came back to his forge and his anvil. "'You have guarded the anvil for me,' he said, "'and I will tell you where to go for the sword of light.'" It is in the palace of the Ancient Ones, under the lake. You have an enchanted steed that can go to that lake. I shall turn his head, and he shall go straight to it. When you come to the edge of the lake, pull the branches of the fountain tree and give the slight red steed the leaves to eat. Mount now and go. So the king of Ireland's son mounted the slight red steed And went traveling again from all its branches high and low water was falling in little streams this was the fountain tree indeed he did not dismount the king of ireland's son but pulled the branches and he gave them to the slight red steed to eat he ate no more than three mouthfuls then he stomped on the ground with his hooves lifted his head high, and neighed three times. With that, he plunged into the water of the lake and swam and swam, as if he had the strength of a dragon. He swam while there was light on the water, and he swam while there was night on the water. And when the sun of the next day was a hand's breadth above the lake, he came to the black island. All on that island was black and burnt, and there were black ashes up to the horse's knees. No sooner had the slight red steed put his hoofs on the island than he galloped straight to the middle of it. He galloped through an opening in the black rock and went through a hundred passages, each going lower than the other, until at last he came into the wide space of a hall. The hall was lighted. When the king's son looked to see where the light had come from, he saw that a sword hanging from the roof was giving off light, and the brightness of the sword was such that the hall was well lit. The king of Ireland's son galloped the slight red steed forward and made it rear up. His hand grasped the hilt of the sword, and as he pulled it down, the sword screeched in his hand. He flashed it about and saw what other things were in the cave. He saw one woman, and two women, and three women. He came to them and he saw that they were sleeping, and he flashed the sword about. He saw other women sleeping too. There were twelve women in the cave where the sword of light had been hanging, and the women were sleeping. And in the hands of each of the sleeping women was a great gemmed cup. The spirit of the king's son had grown haughty since he felt the sword in his hands. You have the sword, why should you not also have the cup? Something within him said. He took a cup from the hands of one of the sleeping women and drank the bubbling water that it held. His spirit grew even more haughty with that drop. From the hands of each of the twelve sleeping women, he took the cup and he drank of the bubbling water that it held. And when he had drunk the twelve cups of bubbling water, he felt that with the sword of light in his hands, he could cut his way through the center of the earth. He mounted the slight red steed and rode it through the cave and swam it across the lake with no name. He held the sword of light across his saddle. The steed went as the current drew him, for it was long since he had eaten the leaves of the fountain tree, and the spirit that had made him vigorous coming was feeble now. The current, alas, brought them to shore, below where the fountain tree grew. And there on the shore he saw a bunch of little men, little women and littler children, all with smoke-colored skins, all with but one eye in their heads, all crying and screaming each other like seabirds, and all sitting round a fire of dried water weeds, cooking and eating eels and crab apples. The king of Ireland's son put his hands on the bridle and drew the slight red steed out of the water. The women with one right eye and the men with one left eye And the children, in their bare, smoky skins, screamed at him. "'What do you want? What do you want, man with the horse?' "'Feed and water my steed for me,' said the king of Ireland's son. "'We are the swallow people, and no one commands us to do things,' said an old fellow with a beard like knots of rope. "'Feed my steed with red wheat, and water it with pure spring water.' "'said the king's son fiercely. "'I am the king of Ireland's son, "'and the sword of light is in my hands, "'and what I command must be done.' "'We are the swallow people, "'and we are accounted a harmless people,' "'said the old fellow. "'Why are ye harmless?' said the king's son. "'And he flourished the sword at them. "'Come into our cave, king's son,' said the old fellow. We will give you refreshment there, and the children will attend to your steed. He went into the cave with certain of the swallow people. They were all unmannerly. They kept screaming and crying to each other. They pulled at their clothes, and they pulled at the clothes of the king's son, and they pinched him. One of them bit his hands, When they came into the cave, they all sat down on black stones. One pulled in a black donkey loaded with nets. They took the nets off its back. And before the king's son knew that anything was about to happen, they threw the nets around him. The meshes of the nets were sticky and he felt himself caught. He ran at the swallow people and fell over a stone. They then drew more nets around his legs. The old fellow whom he had commanded took up the sword of light. Then the swallow people pulled up the donkey that had carried the nets and rubbed its hard hoof on the sword. The king's son did not know what happened to it. Then he heard them cry. The brightness is gone off the thing now! They left the sword on a black rock, and now no light came from it. Then all the swallow people scrambled out of the cave. They came back eating eels and crab apples out of their hands. They paid no attention to the king of Ireland's son, but climbed into a cave above where he was lying. At long last, the King of Ireland's son broke the nets that were round him, and he found the sword on the black stones with the brightness all gone from it because of the rubbing with the donkey's hoof. He climbed up the wall of the other cave to punish the swallow people, but they saw him before he could see them in the darkness, and they all crawled into holes and hid themselves as if they were rats and mice. With the blackened sword in his hands, the King of Ireland's son went out of the cave, and the horse he had left behind, the slight red steed, was nowhere to be found.